Good morning, Valley Church. Been a good morning, hasn't it? Mm. Good stuff. I, I I just want to let you know this morning, half, at least half of the message is going to be end up coming to you via testimony. So we've got four people that'll be up here speaking in a little while. It's like it's time. Everybody say it's time. Yes, I agree. Uh, so, but I want to lay a little bit of a foundation. I really felt by the midweek this week, by like Wednesday, Wednesday night as I was driving away from, from our Wednesday night service, which was awesome again, but that the Lord was kind of beginning to put some things in my mind saying, uh, this Sunday is going to be different. This Sunday is going to be different. I really believe this Sunday God's going to do some amazing things. We're going to see some healings. We're going to see some people set free. The, the, the end of the service, uh, my goal is the last 20 minutes to be a ministry time. That Hopefully that's like 20 minutes till 12 and not from 12 to 12.20. But we'll see. We'll see what happens here. But <clears throat> I am believing and contending for and have been praying into. I am confident, <clears throat> excuse me, God's going to do, create, some miracles today. Are you with me? Believing for. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you for all that you've done, and we commit this service to you. Say, Holy Spirit, have your way in all of the direction and everything that takes place here from right now until the end of service. Do what you do and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, I'm so excited, so excited for today and and the people that are going to be sharing today and what they have to share because of what the Lord has done. <clears throat> but I just want to get into a little bit again, I say kind of kind of lay in a foundation for what's going to happen. Um, I, I want to first go to uh, John 10, John chapter 10, and I, I'm going to be moving fairly quickly. Uh, to get through what I feel like is necessary for me to get through to bring up the good stuff. <laughs> uh, if you will turn with me and Linda to uh, chapter 10, we will start with verse 14, read through 18. John 10, verses 14 through 18. Now, this is Jesus speaking, red letter stuff here. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus saying, I lay down my life for my sheep. And who is his sheep? It's us. Other sheep I have also, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice there, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. I believe those other sheep are us. We're not the Jewish bunch, we are the others. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. This is Jesus saying very clearly, I am a sacrifice, a willing sacrifice for your sins, for your life, for your healing. He says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. So we think, oh, poor Jesus, he was crucified. Yes, he went through all of that, but he laid it down himself to be a willing sacrifice sacrificial lamb for you and for me. He says, I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. So Jesus did what his father showed him. Jesus did what his father told him. Anything that God directed for Jesus, Jesus was obedient to do even unto death. Everybody's with me. Okay, I want to move into... Chapter 9, and in chapter 9, John chapter 9, we're going to read 
1 through 7. I really, you know, sometimes things, uh, I am not a proponent of somebody saying, just go flip your Bible open and start reading there, because that's how God's going to speak to you. But I will tell you, very early this morning, when I was looking for some more clear direction as to as to where to go, I just I flipped my Bible open. I just finished a short prayer. I flipped my Bible open, and this is where it was. And it's like, oh, man, I've heard this and read this so many times. I'm not really sure why I'm here, but I am now, and I want to share it with you. This is where I flipped open early, early this morning. Uh, <clears throat> now, as Jesus passed by... He saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me. I must work the works of my father, basically, who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. It's like, man... Make hay while the sun shine, and it's time. It's harvest time. The night is coming when no one can work. And verse 5, this is one that really stood out to me this time. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Is Jesus in the world today? Is Jesus in the world today? And how so? How is he in the world today? Yes, yes. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. He is the light of the world as it shines through you and me. Right? We are the light of the world. Jesus in us becoming the light of the world. That's how he's in the world today because he's in you, he's in me. We submit our lives to him and we ask him, we got it. We got it. Now, in verse 6. When he had said these things, so this, this blind guy is, has, is blind, has been blind from birth. When he said these things, he spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. That doesn't sound very comfortable, does it? Especially if you heard the... What's he going to do with that? He picks up some clay and, and he mixes it up and he rubs it in his eyes. Like, man, I hate getting anything in my eye. You know, it's like, oh. but that's how Jesus decided to heal this man. It's like, and I think there's so much in this. I could probably preach two messages on this passage after I started you know, things being revealed to me. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam which is translated sent. Now, so interesting that he didn't say, okay, go rinse your eyes, go draw a little water from the local well and rinse your eyes out. He didn't say, go to the stream and rinse your eyes out. He said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. It's like, oh. So there was a touch, Jesus touch, the meeting with Jesus. He met Jesus. Jesus touched him. So the touch of Jesus on his life, and he put stuff in his eyes because he was blind, and then he says, go wash in the pool. It's like, no, don't go rinse your eyes. Like, go wash in the pool, which is translated scent. Salome meaning scent. It's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I, it's like, whoa, revelation, revelation. It's like, oh, we get the touch from Jesus, the tug on our heart, the touch from Jesus. He sends us to the pool to be washed, to be cleansed, we are to be baptized. It's like, wow, how cool is that right here under our eyes, he's kind of laying out what, what he has in mind for us. So go, be washed in the pool, which, is, which means scent. So we go, we be washed in the pool, cleansed in the pool, and then be sent. Somebody say, well, that's awesome. Or amen or something. Thank you. So, he has been healed, he's been cleansed, he is a very excited man. 
He's going around. He's somebody that's been blind from birth, so he's always asking for, you know, for handouts. Now he's not. He's walking around, and people begin to recognize him. And, you know, it is, this is so the enemy and the religious spirit coming after what Jesus has done. Are you hearing me? The enemy and or the religious spirit, which is the enemy of the work of Jesus, coming after, after, after the man and trying to convince him that this is not of God. So they begin to ask him, and he said, like, you know what, hey, what happened to you? What happened to you? Well, I went, I washed, and I received sight. Verse 11. Then they said to him, well, where is he? He said, I don't know. Uh, so they brought him uh, before Pharisees. They questioned him three times, I believe, trying to get him convinced that it's like, no, 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 no. This is not a divine healing. This is something else. What happened? Then they even begin to think and accuse him. They got to, had to get a, a, the testimony of his parents because they thought, you know what? Somebody's made this up. This is not the same guy. So they even quizzed his parents. His parents were afraid of the Jews and the religious spirit, so they said, hey, don't ask me. He's of age. He can speak for himself. Go ask him. So it was reverted back to him again. They asked him again these two, three times. It's like, all right. Verse 27, finally, he answered them again, I told you already. You didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Like, <laughs> like, why are you wanting to hear this over and over and over again? Do you want to become his disciples? It's like, oh my goodness. The touch from Jesus, the pool of Siloam, the baptism, having your eyes opened to now see and then to become his disciple. He said, do you want to be a disciple also? So instantly, when he was healed, when he began to see, his eyes were open, he saw himself as a disciple of Jesus. This is, this is something that Ben was telling me. Man, when you get to experience the goodness of God, it's hard not to tell people about it. And he's going to be up here in a few minutes. Uh, I'm going to fast forward a little bit to verse 33. Now, we're going to go to 31. We're going to go 31 through 34. I'll take an extra second and a half to read these. Now we know this is the man, the, the new disciple right here, that's just been healed and has begun to see. There's revelation that's happening in his, in his heart and in his life. And he says in verse 31, Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God hears him. Since the world began, it's been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. Verse 33, If this man capital M, talking about Jesus, were not from God, he couldn't do anything. And they answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they threw him out of the temple, excommunicated. Now, I want to take a few more minutes to... Talk about what, what, what happens. You know, when, when we begin to move in the direction that God has for us, when, when we're moving in the direction that God has for our destiny, when we're stepping into our destiny, you can be guaranteed that the enemy is going to come after you. I told you, in studying, thinking back of the children of Israel in Exodus, it's like, finally, after all of the plagues, Pharaoh released the Israelites Keep your hands out of your pocket. I will. <laughs> so my coach just gave me a look. It's like, I stuck my hand in my pocket again, didn't I? Well, speaking of coaches, it's wonderful to have Coach Rice, and I can't remember 
your name, but let, could we just give them a hand and a big welcome for being here? It's like, yeah, so good to have you in the house of the Lord, and we're believing that you're going to be a part of some of the miracles that happen yet today. Um, all right, Lynn, back on track. Oh, children of Israel, children of Israel, they had been released. Pharaoh released them to step into the destiny and the promises that God had for them, right? After the plagues, everybody tracking with me? I'm kind of going really fast here. I would like to make sure everybody's with me, though. Everybody's with me. They were released. They took off into the desert. They're free now, free, free, free from the bondage, free from over 400, probably 430 years of slavery that they've been in that kind of cruel bondage at the, at, near the end. And, and Pharaoh changed his mind. By the time they reached the Red Sea, he came after them again. When he came after them, fear gripped their hearts like, oh no, now what's going to happen? He's come with the, with the chariots and all. And I just only use that to say that when we are stepping into our God-given, God-called, promised destiny, you can count on the enemy coming after you. Okay? Well, some of the things, some of the tools that we have that we can use in dealing with the enemy... I want to read some scriptures here. Um, in trying to hurry, Second Timothy, Second Timothy, uh, one seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So, when fear comes on us, more than just a little fright. You know, something that gives us a little fright, that's a little warning that we need to look out for something, that's healthy fear, right? A fright. But there's also a spirit of fear. When we fall into a fear, gripped by fear, that's a spirit of fear. God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of, but of, and of love and of a sound mind. So when the spirit of fear comes upon us, we know that the presence of God, the power of God, the Spirit of God gives us power, love, and a sound mind. So that sound mind, I want to take, uh, go to 2 Corinthians 10.5 when you think of sound mind. So we are to cast down any arguments that come from the enemy because we're in a spiritual battle in our mind. So we begin to hear a spirit of fear is sent to address us, to attack us, because that doesn't come from God. That kind of fear doesn't come from God. So the things that start happening in our head, the voices that we start hearing that begins to establish a fear, I'll tell you something that, like really crazy and where I'm going to affirm again why I really believe that God's going to do something spectacular today. This morning, as soon, right after I got started reading, I used to suffer a lot with migraine headaches, and, and I was a classic migraine sufferer, which start to see little stars and, and things, and the words on the page begin to go away and get started up, and it's like, oh, no. So what's the first thing if, how many migraine sufferers do we have out here? It's like, oh, okay, well, I believe that God's going to heal that for us today, for, for you today, because I started that, the symptoms of seeing, you know, spots marked out. I had to just quit reading for a little while because I couldn't really grasp what was on the page, like, oh, and so it's like that then promotes fear because it's something experienced that then we relate to, I know what's coming after this, I know what's coming after this, and so fear begins to set in, it's like, no, 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 I bind you up, I cast you out, no, no, so casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that we then bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It's like, oh, the word of God, the obedience of Christ, I take this thought, I take it into captivity. And then the next scripture, it's like, because I have been given power to do that. I've been given spiritual power and authority to do that. Take those thoughts that the enemy sends to try to grip me with fear, 
which opens the door for him to end up having his way with me. Are you with me? All right. So I bind that up. It's like, nope, 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 nope. I take that thought captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ and because of his promises over my life and yours. So I want now to turn to Matthew 16, 18, 19. And I like, Pastor Tim, I'd like you to come up here and help me with this one. (laughs) Uh. Oh, you're going to see why. Uh, assistant associate pastors have a job description and other duties as assigned. This is another duty. Okay, so um, Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19. I also say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Against it. So, the church is the rock of which the truth of the salvation of the Son of God is the rock, the chief cornerstone, that that's what the church is built on, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against the church and the power that the people within the church have that are fully believers submitted and committed to the leadership of Jesus Christ. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Everybody say keys of the kingdom. kingdom. Of the kingdom, not to the kingdom, keys of the kingdom. Those are handed to you. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we right here from earth can bind spiritual attacks, things that are in heaven, because we have made that declaration. We have used the power that he's given us to bind those things up. Are you with me? And I think of, you know, I've many, 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 many times I've thought of bind up. What, what, what does that mean? You know, I was in the HVAC industry for a long time, and duct tape is a really powerful, incredible adhesive that it has, and it has real binding power. <laughs> now, while Tim, Pastor Tim is definitely not an enemy, the first thing, you know, is like listening to the voice, the voice, the voices, that voice that's telling me, Something that's basically lying to me. It's like, stop it. <laughs> Is it going to take my beard off? <laughs> Quit smiling. Okay. can't hear you. We got 43 minutes left. You'd be good. I don't want to hear what you have to say. So, you know, we uh, literally, I just thought this would be a great example when I was thinking of, you know, we have the ability to bind up and, and, and cast out. Okay, you can go. (laughs) Take. (laughs) (laughs) You can help him. Everybody say, we We have have the power power and authority authority 
through the Spirit of God, to bind up the enemy and cast him out of our lives. Amen. Jesus came. Jesus came that we would have life and have life to the abundance. And we don't need to be dealing with no more. On that note, I would like to ask Ben Nelson to come up here. There's a... Hey, Ben. I wasn't nervous until my mom came, so. <laughs> Do we, you know, could I get you to turn on one more? Are we just going to need one mic or we need two? I think we need one mic. I think we're going to be good. Yeah, yeah. We're good. We wing it all the time. All the time. All the time. Huh? So, this is Ben. This is Eddie, right? Yep. Wow, first try. Well, we have two mics if we need it, so. And Ben is like, when we think of boldness, there are a couple things that we're going to be looking at today, and I'm going to read another scripture. Probably should have done it before you got up here, but... Go ahead. Okay, yes, stand here and just look really good. Everybody likes you anyway, obviously, so... (laughs) I'd like to hear some guy clap and something. It's like, what what is this? All these girl, girl voices, like, huh? Okay, if you would uh, turn with me to Acts, um, probably four twenty-nine through thirty-one. Now, Peter, I think it was Peter and John had just had healed, yeah, a man at the gate, beautiful if I remember correctly where this was. But anyway, they, they had just healed a man, and they found themselves in trouble, just as Jesus and as the man that Jesus healed, the blind man, found themselves having problems in this. And, and they were told, just as the blind man was, you know what, don't mention this name of Jesus, don't use that name anymore, we don't believe in that. What we are is, you know, we are believers of the law of Moses, and we are not... Believers of this Jesus stuff, you need to stop talking about Jesus. And so they, they, they brought him before the, the leadership, the council, and they gave him quite a chastening and said, you know what, no more, no more. So we, they were severely threatened, told not to talk about Jesus anymore, not to use any testimonies about Jesus. But they said, that's absolutely not going to work for us. We've seen the miracles, we've experienced the man, and we're going to talk about the goodness of Jesus. So verse 29, we go down to there, it says, Now, as they are praying, they've come together to pray for what? For more boldness. It's like we're not going to be shut up, we're not going to be shut down, we're going to pray for even greater, even more boldness. So verse 29, Now, Lord... Look on their threats and grant to your servants that all boldness, that with all boldness they may speak your word. Everybody say, all boldness. boldness. We want to be bold in Jesus. So by stretching your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with with boldness. Boldness. So that's one of the other things. That's what these gentlemen right here are going to be. Well, i got to watch for a gift. (laughs) Smart watch. What these gentlemen are going to be speaking and sharing is just a testimony to the boldness of speaking about Jesus. All right. 
If you want that second mic, yes. I'm going to pray real quick just because uh, I get perfect. a little nervous. You know, one of the things that I, what I when, you were, when you were, no, I'm not praying. I'm all for you praying. But before yeah. we're finished, I want you to end up praying and speaking this boldness. So you're going to be around for that. But okay, go, let's go God, for I, it. I just pray, Lord, that you just uh, give me the knowledge, Eddie, the knowledge, the words to say that we don't forget anything. Uh, and just, God, we're humbled and we're thankful that we're part of what you're doing. In your name, amen. Amen. All right, so this is Eddie. Um, he's a coworker. I'm going to give you some back history as fast as we can, and then we're going to lead up, and it's kind of going to be all over the place, kind of like a wave, but uh, hang in there with us. <laughs> so, um, Eddie, this is, this is kind of what God's telling me, is something big's coming, and what does Eddie say every week? What do you do? You come into my office and you There's say, something big coming. Something big's coming. And I don't so, know what it is, but something big's coming. He goes, coming. I don't know what it is, man, but something big's coming. And I'm like, Eddie, I got so much going. All right, God, we're, we're going, but, you know, we always got a, a lot going on. So Farm Equipment, I'm going to give you a backlog of um, our company. So Farm Equipment USA was started about 16 years ago, my wife and I. Um, one morning, we were at, through huff, tar, uh, hard times. God woke me up and said, go sell farm equipment. We were in survival mode. We didn't know what we were doing. We were scared to heck. Um, I had two young, young kids and uh, went out and sold farm equipment. My wife that morning said, uh, sorry, I'm stumbling over my words here. My wife that morning said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, I'm selling farm equipment. She goes, like, what? Okay. So God has always been in it. And uh, just out of boldness there, just went forward. And, and we didn't know we were going to start dealerships. And now we have 30-some employees and growing fast. And so the cool, yeah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And we were ruthless in the old days. I mean, we worked under tarps and everything else. And, and this is where the wave gets going. So you're going to hear parts and pieces. So when we first got our first shop, we praised the Lord. We were excited about this first shop. We could not believe it. And so I dedicated this shop because I believe in the power of music. Um, you know, Satan was a worship leader. And so when we listen to certain music, it empowers over us, just like praise and worship from Christy. And so I said to the guys, I mean, these are mechanics. I don't know if you guys have ever worked in the, or seen heavy equipment mechanics. <laughs> Ed, Eddie, are they pretty tough dudes? There's some yeah, pretty tough dudes. There's some pretty tough dudes. And so I'm, I'm the president of the company, the, 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 the moron in the office over here. And don't come out to our shop. This is our shop. So I have to go out to these guys and say, hey, you know, we're not listening to hard rock. You can either listen to country or country or Christian. And I prefer not country, but let's listen to Christian. But, uh, you know, you're giving them some options instead of no options. So <laughs> I've held to that. And... Uh, there's been times where Kelsey has even like, um, I've ha I'd, have, I'd had to talk with her because I'm like, man, this is tough. I got to go out and tell this guy he just started, hey, you can't listen to that here. We only want Christian. Um, and there's times where like that, that Satan comes in, he's talking to you and he's saying, ah, it's not that big of a deal. And then one time specifically, God said, if you honor me before man, I'll honor you. And I said, all right. I'll go talk to this guy that's got tattoos and can rip me up. <laughs> so that's, that's how it's been. And so we'll, we'll get into that here shortly. So speaking of which, I bring Eddie up here because this is, Eddie, Eddie is like one of the most amazing guys I've ever met. God's got a calling like crazy on this guy's life. He came to us at 21 years old. 20. 20. Yeah, 20. Okay. And uh, our first conversation was uh, we went out on a demo, took a tractor out the veil, and you and I sat down, and God, the cool thing about being bold is, like, God's already working on this person, you know? And I've been fortunate enough to, like, a lot of times be like that guy that gets to reap the harvest, and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm a sandbagger here. So, <laughs> so Eddie comes on. Uh, are we, we're out at Dairy Queen, and God's just like, talk to him. Talk to him. So I start sharing the gospel. And then Eddie, at that point, just gives his life, not right there, but, like, through a matter of time, and one day I'm in the yard with him, and he says, man, I just love people. And I'm like, Eddie's saved. It's the most amazing thing. Sorry, I'm crying. So, um, and this guy, he just, he flows through. He ministers. In fact, I've had to have conversations with him like, dude, okay, at lunch, that's ministry time. 
And then like, you got to keep working the rest of the time. <laughs> no joke. And uh, I'm like, man, God, please don't strike me down. But I think I'm telling we got to still set the example of work. And so um, we had this service manager. And this is where God really started with Eddie. And then the service manager, um, he came on a year ago. And we were out in Burns, Oregon, and we're driving. And this guy's LDS. Um, he's a powerful, powerful man. He's been here, uh, Andrew. And uh, he, I'm, I'm riding with him. We're short mechanics, so I'm like, dude, I'll go with you. So we're out there, we're dusty, and we're driving down the road, and God says, talk to him. I'm like, okay, here we go. I said, Andrew, do you know Christ? You know, or, you know, you know not like that, but I was like, you know, just put it in his terms. And we talked about the power of music somehow again. And uh, Andrew just was like, ah, that's, that's cool. You know, he goes, man, but you know, if I, if I became Christian, my wife, I don't, I don't know if she'd love me. And so I said, you know, we just kind of left it at that. And God, you just lead by example. And then a year later, about three months ago, maybe four, he comes back from a Hawaiian trip and he sat with a gal on the airplane. And the gal told him about Christ again. And... Uh, so we were able to go into his office when he came back, and he's like, man, I really need Christ. And so we are able to, Eddie and I, just uh, to share, like, to say, dude, do you want to make the jump? I don't even know how to lead you in the sinner's prayer, but I don't think God cares. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So he made the jump, and this powerful, powerful, powerful man became Christian. And his life, he went home, and he told his family about God when he is deathly afraid of his wife rejecting him, like deathly afraid. And, you know, he's, he's LDS. That's his culture. That's his whole family. And his wife becomes Christian. And so and now his kids, now his kids, now his kids are yeah. asking questions. Yeah. So yeah. totally, totally cool. So then we keep, we keep going down the road and there's other guys because Eddie's always ministering. He's talking to people. And, uh, um, we have, a, we have a lot of ex vets because we're farm equipment USA. So we naturally attract, we hold big flags because we love America. And so, um, we naturally get a lot of Afghanistan vets and they're carrying a lot of baggage. And so, um, Eddie has been witnessed into a guy named chance. Um, and so there's just this movement going through our workplace. And, uh, um, the, the latest was Mason. Now Mason is probably the toughest of the tough mechanics. He's a younger guy, but he leads the shop, even though he's not the leader. People know what Mason's doing, and I'm afraid of Mason. <laughs> I'm honest. I'm afraid of Mason. And so it's like, you know, like, uh, yeah, Mason, uh, you know, maybe let's do this, you know. And uh, Mason, you know, before, he doesn't like people. Mason does not like people. He wants to put his earphones in, and he wants to do transmissions and engine jobs. So one day I'm walking through the shop, and I'm, I'm hauling because, you know, you're, you're in survival mode some days, and, and uh, Mason comes out. And he walks right up to me. I say, hey, Mason, what's going on? And he says, hey, um, I, I asked him how he's doing. And he says, man, I'm, I'm not doing good. And uh, yeah, sorry, I'm crying. Um, anyways, I go, I start talking to him. And, and God's like, you need to talk to him. And I'm scared to death. <laughs> because if I talk to Mason, Mason's the type that would retaliate. And we have more bills and more stuff. Mason's going to take us to court. He's going to sue my butt. That voice is like, do not talk to him. He's going to retaliate. This is the kind of guy Mason is. And I'm like, man, I don't care anymore. I don't care. That's why we're here, and that's what we're going to do. So I said, God gave this like Holy Spirit analogy. He's got this engine torn down on this tractor, and I said, hey, the farmer is you, and God, or the farmer is us, and God is a mechanic. And the farmer would be stupid to take this tractor anywhere else but the mechanic because he needs God. And so Mason right there just breaks down. He gives his life to God. Eddie's been praying for him for years. <laughs> Changes his life. This guy, he walks into the room and I'm like, what the heck happened to Mason? You know, <laughs> softest, most loving guy you've ever seen, a guy you can have a conversation with. Uh, the team, after he got saved, was skeptical. They're like, I don't know, oh, man. Yeah. Ben, we had, we had people showing up uh, who he had, he had wronged and, and had wrongs with. And uh, 
I was one of them. I, I hadn't spoken to him in probably two months, and I, was, I would consider one of, him as one of my friends. And uh, I showed up one day, in fact, that Monday after he was saved on Friday, mm-hmm. and he was like, hey, dude, can I talk to you? And I said, absolutely, let, let's talk. He goes, I, I, I apologize for wronging you. I, you know, you didn't deserve that. And, I mean, he just starts crying. He's got this spirit of forgiveness, and we get into this conversation about all he wants to do is just forgive and, and just apologize to anybody he's ever wronged. I mean, it's, that's the spirit of Jesus right there. That's the spirit of forgiveness. That there's nothing else I can do. That. And like Andrew said, like Andrew put it perfectly, he was like, dude, Ain't nobody but God could save you. <laughs> I love you, he but nobody. He said that to Mason. He goes, he came in when he, because we have these little powwows when they get someone gets saved. And he goes, man, no one's going to save you, Mason, but God. Because yeah. he's that tough. Nobody can. <laughs> yeah, nobody can. And it's so cool. So after that, I went and sat down in my office chair in my office. And all of a sudden, that fear that, that Pastor Lynn's talking about, so deep. And his Satan came right after me. And it, I, would, I got scared, scared. And he said, I'm coming after you. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. You know how you get taken off guard, like, really hard? It's like, whoa, what just happened to me? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Whatever you take away, he's going to give me back tenfold. Bring it on. Yeah. So, so um, stuff goes on. The shop changes. Chance gives his life back to God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in between that, um, I had the opportunity over the course of two weeks to, to chat with a, a veteran. Um, I mean, he's, he's, the hard times he was having, um, dealing with the things that he did overseas and seen and, and uh, the guys that he lost, the friends, the family. Um, I had the opportunity to talk with him and, and pray with him over the course of that, that two weeks. And uh, he was, he's a field tech. So I prayed with him, I believe, on a Wednesday. Um, two days goes by and he shows up on a Friday. What, my prayer for him was that he would feel his feelings because one of his biggest issues is he would stuff it all in and he would hold on to it. Okay, well, feelings. Why are feelings called feelings? You're supposed to feel them. <laughs> when you don't, it causes problems. So um, he's gone two days. He shows up on the Friday, and he goes. He comes to my office in tears, and he goes, Eddie, I haven't stopped crying for three days. I have been in tears for three like days, and it's getting worse. He's getting more <laughs> choked up the more we talk about it. And, uh, yeah, we, which led to more conversation and more prayer, and that's when you, yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't but... Ten minutes after he had stepped out of my office after more ministry, that Ben comes in in tears. He says, we all need to go upstairs right now. So I head upstairs, and just about everybody's upstairs, um, the majority of the crew, with the exception of a couple folks. So so go ahead. prelude to that is like, uh, so um, that chance now is saved, given his life back, because he'd gone away from God. Yeah. And I come into the office that morning on a Friday, and... Guess what's blaring in the whole shop? Christian music. <laughs> Praise and worship music. The guys are all praising and worshiping, and I'm like, and God's just like, see? Just got to wait a little, Ben. You know? Patience, Ben. <laughs> Patience. And the whole team, a lot of our, there's some members of our team here, uh, down here. Um, everybody, even like people that aren't Christian, they were like, man, there's a difference here. And so, that morning, we had uh, what we call rackets, and, and this happens, and God even talks about this in the Bible, this, this, this gossip and this little stuff that just trickles out, you know? And so, as a company, you want to grab that real quick. And so, we went upstairs, and um, we just had everybody involved in it, and just, hey, we're talking, and um, being just open, authentic conversation. Most authentic, it was rising me to a other level, and then the Holy Spirit said to me, this is good, but there's more, Ben, and it's going to cost you to be bold, but your team is broken. You're broken. I mean, we have a Chance, his wife is going through cancer. Uh, Mason, he's got some struggles. Chris, Connie, um, you know, she's lost her husband. If you name every one of our team, they're going through bad stuff right now. And so it was like, either you're going to do it now or we're going to do it later. So we just said... <laughs> I said, in the meeting, I go, okay, we'll finish this conversation, but I believe God's telling me something. Connie was there, and Chris, and we said, uh, I go, hey, I know this may sound weird, but like, I think we just stop this whole, what we're doing, everyone stop, and let's, let's, let's come upstairs, and we're just going to all pray. And uh, um, everybody just came upstairs, 
started praying, mm-hmm. and then uh, Ed, I'm going to let him share the rest yeah, of what, yeah, what yeah, happened. No, so yeah. one thing I do want, I was going to stop you here in just a minute. What did that take? God spoke to you and said, we need to do this, and what did that take? Your obedience. Yeah, and because yeah, I was of your a little obedience, scared. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You're obedience. Yeah. I, I'm standing up here in yeah. fear right now. Yeah. I'm nervous, <laughs> absolutely. No, 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 but, but it took your obedience. That's all it takes. God has always done the work. He always will do the work. But it always takes your obedience. It's your willingness. So we all got upstairs, and, and uh, for the first half hour, <laughs> we were praying as a group. Uh, ben shared what he just shared in, in that uh, after he led Mason to give his life to Christ, uh, he was in fear. Um, something was speaking to him, telling him that he was going to take everything from him. So that's what, that was the basis of our prayer. So we stepped in and started praying, and, and uh, uh, we got a little bit of prophecy in the very beginning. And after, after that half hour, it ended up another two and a half hours of individual prayer. People were getting answers to, to questions. People were getting, and it, it wasn't just, it didn't, everything wasn't answered then. I had people that, that, you know, left that Friday and came back that Monday and said, man, my son is completely changed. He's asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then one Randy, tell him about Randy. Yeah, what Randy. Randy ended up, um, he's, he's got a Mormon bra- uh, background and... He, it doesn't feel right to him. He's, he's been talking a lot about it. And, uh, I mean, right then and there, he felt God's call in his life. He, he told me after this, I don't know if you, you heard this or not, um, Ben said, hey, anybody who needs individual prayer, please stay. We want to pray for you. Randy walked out that meeting room, started walking down the stairs, and he said it was like God grabbed him by the shoulder and said, you turn around and get back up there right now. <laughs> and so he did. Right there, he sat in a chair in that meeting room and gave his life to Christ. Wow. And because of that, I mean, because of that, he's got, you know, his, his wife grew up in, in the Mormon church, and that's part of why he's, he's in it. And his wife is not asking questions, and he actually just mentioned to me this last week that he wants to come to church. He, he, whether, it's, whether he wants to come to Ben's church, he wants to come to my church, it doesn't matter. He's like, I just want to come to church. I want to be around a community of people who are loving, who are Christ-like. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it's... Yeah, he was the one that was talking about his son. He, he's, he's been having issues with his son. Um, he's had to pick his son up and, and sort of nurse him back to life because of uh, uh, his adult isn't going, adulthood isn't going as well as he thought it would. And, I mean, he's, he's asking questions. I mean, come on. <laughs> no, so it's, it's trickling out. And, and uh, yeah. it, the cool thing is, like, so last week, got even in the boldness, I just pointed, like, Chris... Chris, you're coming to church. You don't get a choice. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, Chance, the guy, the Afghanistan guy, um, you know, I've rode in, ridden in with the service truck with him, and uh, he, he's carrying so much cha- uh, shame from his past. He goes, man, he's even told me this. He goes, you know, I've done all this bad stuff in Afghanistan. My wife shouldn't have the cancer. I should be paying for this. And so he came... So in that, I've been like trying to get him to come to church, but sometimes you just got to say, dude, you come to church. You don't get a choice. So I told him that. I looked over at him. I said, Jance, you come to church. You don't get a choice. I want to see you there. He says, okay. So he came last week. And Dina prayed for his wife, which was amazing. Um, stuff that was spoken to her at the very beginning of her cancer battle, Dina, through the Holy Spirit, spoke the exact same. And she just was like, holy cow. Um, but what was more incredible, not more incredible, but Chance came down. He's watching his wife, and this guy's just bawling alligator tears. <laughs> and uh, um, Benji, like, people were praying. Pastor Tim came up, just saw this guy. Benji comes out of nowhere. And, like, Chance is an intense dude. Um, Benji, like, stares around him like this, right in his eyes. And I'm kind of like, whoa, you know? Like, and, <laughs> and he goes, something like, perfect love casts out of all fear. And let go of the shame. And he just went, boom, just broke him right there. And I was, he was just, just watching him now. It's just incredible. And then uh, another crazy thing, just real, we'll leave it real quick, is Connie. Connie tells the craziest story. So she was up there. She got prayer. And uh, afterwards, um, she said, you know what the craziest thing was? The next day, everybody would ask me a question, and I would sing the answer. <laughs> it's like the Holy Spirit. So... I guess, I guess 
at the end of this is it's like, I got to be part of something. Eddie got to be part of something. We were obedient. Are we scared? Heck yeah, we're scared. I'm, I'm scared to death. Um, but God's got something big coming. And I would say, hey, you know, we're sheep, but we're called to be lions too. So let's go be lions. and Yeah, let's go after people. I think he's going to do something amazing right now. So. Well, that's, then that's why I said, what did that take? That took your obedience. Yeah. Um, obedience is not comfortable. This, this, I'm not used to this. This is uncomfortable. Okay, but when it comes to boldness, Ben called me at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a work day, and I'm working, and he's like, hey, I've been talking to my pastor, and I think uh, uh, he wants me to come up on stage and, and talk about what's been going on at farm equipment. And he says, uh, I, me and Kelsey were talking about it, and we, thought, we both thought, Ed, we need to get Ed in on this. So he calls me, and I'm him and Han back and forth, and I take a couple days, and uh, the weekend's rolling by. I ended up, uh, I got up early for something. I don't remember what I got up early for. I'm making breakfast, and I'm going, God, I don't know if I can do this. And he says, do not forget, I told you I would make you like Jeremiah 1. I'm like, see, now I, okay, now I have to. Now I have to. <laughs> I can't afford not to. I have to. And you wouldn't have gotten a choice. I no, no, no. Well, it's like you said, it's either going to happen now or it's going to happen later. Just be obedient. He will, he will do his work. Yeah. And, and one last thing. Eddie, Eddie spoke this to me the last, last time. He goes, we're talking about how you know Christians. And, you know, although obviously the Holy Spirit shows you other Christians. But you'll know a Christian because they talk about Christ. Yep. Simple. Yeah. Yep. Say that again. You will know a Christian because you talk about Christ. Simple. <laughs> Can I have you back in a minute? Okay, could I get Abby, Selena, trying to remember, Abby and Selena, is Abby here? Come, come, come. Selena. That's funny, Ben. That was amazing. That was awesome and incredible. And I said, you can take up to 15 minutes. And you said, oh, my goodness, 15 minutes. I don't think it'll take anywhere near that long. That was, that was 22 minutes of talking about the goodness of God right there. So we're talking about wanting to talk about and share what God's done. That's amazing. And... Some more amazing things. I just have testimonies this morning of things that have happened just over the last few weeks. So uh, let's just, yeah, Abby, I know yours was, well, you guys were almost the same time, but let's start right here. But let's do try to get it as, uh, we're obviously mature Christians and we're not offendable, so if I say stop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just grab the mic. <laughs> no, no I, we need to hear enough detail that, sure. uh, the, that the significance of what has happened, your healing, would be awesome. So Yeah, absolutely. So about a year ago, um, I just started getting random pain in my side. It was just uh, pulsating, and it's been just a long journey of warring for the last year. I've had many of you pray for me, and um, I definitely got some temporary relief, which I was so thankful for. Um, but probably about six weeks ago, I, uh, or excuse me, six months ago, it started intensifying. And this whole right side of my body felt like it was shutting down, um, all the way up from my neck and my ear, all the way to my groin, but my liver was just pulsating nonstop. And my faith is in God, so I refuse to, to go to the doctor. I know that might sound foolish to many people, but it's just my faith is in God, and there's nothing else. I said, heal me or, or take me. Um, so anyways, about six weeks ago, I decided to do um, a three-day fast, and uh, I was just in deep prayer each day, and on the third day, <sighs> thank you, Jesus. God is so good. <sighs> on the third day, I was in my kitchen, and I felt just the presence of God pour upon me like the most beautiful flowing waterfall of love it dropped me to my knees and I heard him say bask in my light so I did I, I just surrendered everything right there and um, all of a sudden I had a vision of just a beautiful bold mighty lion 
walking up to me and I heard, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. And all the pain in my body was completely gone. <laughs> um, the enemy loves to attack me, so it wasn't done quite then. But in that moment, and for the rest of the night, I was just basking in his presence and the pain. I hadn't been pain-free, and I couldn't remember how long. Um, and then a couple weeks later, I went to a Wednesday night class, and Dina was there, and um, she ended up praying for me. And within just a few minutes, I felt the mighty presence of the Lord upon me again, and uh, the pain was gone. And I f- was the rest of the night, drunk in the spirit. I could barely drive home because I was so lost in his presence. It was just so mighty, and I was just like, I want to just take this time and, and spend it with you. So I went to my prayer closet, and um, I saw the hands of Jesus, and he just started pouring this oil over me. It was golden and just bright, and it looked like just like a rich honey. And he was pouring upon me, and I said, is that the oil of healing? He said, no, that's the oil of joy. And then I just had joy just overcome me, and just I'm in my tiny prayer closet, just like just beyond joyful. And then that next morning, um, I woke up, and I went back to my prayer closet where I spend most of my time. And um, as I'm praying, I had um, a vision of me as a warrior um, in my full uh, armor, getting up from the ground in this desolate land. And I said, I've been wounded, I've been hurt, but I'm alive and well, and I'm going back to the enemy's camp, and I will destroy everything in my way. The enemy came for me again. <laughs> he actually said, I will de- he told me, I will destroy you every step of the way. And I said, I rebuke you, and I bind you, and I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Mm. Um, that next morning... Uh, or a couple mornings later, I called Dean. I woke up very weary, and my pain was intensified. Um, and I messaged her, like, I'm just so weary right now. She called me instantly. She rebuked the enemy, and she said, I want you to spend the next hour um, thanking God for your healing. So after I got off the phone with her, I was feeling completely healed again, and I just start pacing the floor in my li- living room. I'm going back and forth, just thanking the Lord for everything he's done. And I just, of course, feel his mighty presence, which is better than anything, and it's where all healing takes place, and everything is done in and through him. Um, And I'm pacing the floor, and I'm just like, I thank you, I love you, I serve you, you're the healer, you're the restorer of all things, Lord. And I just keep declaring it, I'm pacing the floor, walking back and forth, and I'm just like, what good am am I in a pit? I'm like, I know that you've created me for great things, and um, after that, about an hour of worship, the healing was still there, and I'm still healed right now. And it's been weeks, so anyways, thank you, Jesus. The time. <laughs> so I thought for sure that the teaching on fear and boldness this morning was aimed at me, but now listening to Eddie, I'm pretty sure it was for both of us. <laughs> I have no issues talking with people one-on-one or even to a group of people, but when you put one of these in my face, I normally would just have this dread and anxiousness come over me, and who can tell me what's the job of a microphone? What does it do? Yes. And how many of you know that the forever loser attacks what he fears the most? Yeah. So I'm not feeling anxious anymore. (laughs) Of course. That forever loser did try to come at me again this morning. I woke up, and I had had some dreams, and one of them I was really disturbed about and was feeling a bit frustrated because I didn't know. I kept asking, you know, what does this mean? What does this mean? And then my eyeliner broke and wouldn't work, and then my phone case broke, and I was like, not today, Satan, not today. And on the way to church, my poor husband, I had worship cranked up so loud, and I was singing at the top of my lungs. And he even sat in the truck once we reached the parking lot to let me finish a song. Um, I don't know if you've heard it. It's called He Meant for Good. I think it's by Brandon Link and Judah. And it's... uh, Time. Sorry. I'm hurrying. Do you want me to stop? No, I want you to finish. Oh, okay. (laughs) Anyway, part of it is what the enemy meant for evil. It's become my testimony. And we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We conquer him. So... I, for a long time, have been suffering with different infirmities. Um, 
Like last year, VSSM was really hard. Um, even coming to Wednesday night classes was really hard. I was just exhausted. And it came to a head probably over a month ago. Uh, we were in Missouri, and all of a sudden I was just swollen. I was in pain, really horrible pain. I tried rebuking. I tried worshiping, and during worship I just swelled up bigger and bigger, and the pain was horrible and migraines. <laughs> and I laid down on the bed and... I just kept asking God, what do I do? I've tried everything I know how to do. I was taking authority, and it's like, what do I do? And I had answered some texts on my phone, and I put my phone down, and all of a sudden the, I just thought, okay, I'm going to soak. And so I was going to turn on some soaking music, and I had picked up my phone, and there was no notifications on it, but when I picked it up, there was a notification for an email. And I said, is this from you? And he said, yes. So he guided me to purchased some soakings and teachings from Katie Souza, and I did. And I asked him which ones to, to do. And over time... We need to roll. Okay, I'm trying. <laughs> Throughout the whole thing, he guided me to do certain things. And every time he'd guide me to do something, I thought, okay, after, when I'm done with this, this is when my healing's going to come. There was a point he told me, go on a three-day fast. And from how horribly I was suffering, my husband said, I don't think that's a good idea. And I said, it wasn't my idea. <laughs> and I still did it. Everything he guided me to do, I did. And I noticed a theme up here today of obedience. No. Everything I did had an effect in the spirit realm. Things cannot manifest here until after it's done in the spirit realm. And so my husband called me from church a couple Sundays ago and said, hey, Pastor Dina and Pastor Renee and Colina right here and they want to pray for you. And we're going to hang up and I'm going to video call you. And I said, please don't, don't video call me. I look terrible. I was in a lot of pain. I had just did a couple of things, easy things, and my pain was at a nine. I was struggling to breathe. I was miserable. And I had just gotten done taking communion and telling Jesus, you know, I stand on the promises and blessings that were given to me through your suffering before and on the cross, and I command those to manifest, <laughs> and then they call me. And Pastor Dina's leading the prayer. And everything she said in the prayer was everything the naturopath doctor had told me was wrong with me. Like, I didn't have to tell him what my ailments were. He knew just from a sample that I had given what everything was, and he said, you basically have zero dollars in your checking account and you've been spending six. Your body can't do this anymore and I can tell from these results that you've been suffering for a very long time. And I said, yeah, I have. And everything she called out in the prayer is everything that he was saying, like things that she would have had no clue unless Holy Spirit was leading her. And Colleen and Pastor Renee were just back there guiding, you know, backing her up in prayer and calling things out. and. She kept checking with me, and eventually my pain got down to a one, and I was filled with energy. I haven't had energy in so long, my, my poor husband, because I'm just like, let's do this, let's do this, let's, let's get this done, because I was just down for so long, and he's like, I'm exhausted, because he took over everything when I was down, the shopping, the cooking, running two businesses, I mean, he took over everything. And so I got up after... They hung up with me, and I was just dancing and praising and worshiping Jesus. And I know that this all came to pass because Pastor Dina said, I wish I would have prayed for you before now. And I said, no, this was in God's timing. And it was all because of every step of the way when I was suffering. And even, even when it got so hard, and I would just cry and be like, this is getting to be more than I can handle. He gave me just enough to endure. And I, he had told me multiple times, given me visions, dreams telling me I was healed, and I just kept believing for it. And it was because of my obedience, because he was teaching me things along the way. He was healing me, healing yeah. my soul along the way. All right. So there is incredible yes. healing. Yes. Sorry. Both. Yes. Healing. And I was raised, I was raised LDS, and there is a revival coming in the LDS Well, are you ready to see God move? We've heard the testimonies of what he has done. And I believe today there's still plenty of time for what he's going to do. So I would ask, first of all, the pastors to 
come up on, on this side, Pastor Dina, Pastor Tim, Pastor Rich. Yeah, Pastor Tim's all untied and ready to go. The word says, come to the elders and let them lay hands on you. Anoint you with oil and lay hands on you and you will be healed. There's a healing presence. God's healing is available for anybody this morning. If you have a sickness, if you have an infirmity, if you have anything wrong with you that requires a physical healing, I just say, come to this side. So let's stand together. Let's all stand together. We're going to end up having uh, some worship music. If you decide you need to go, you are you're welcome to leave. We'll pray together here really quick. But I believe, I know, I know, I know that there's healing that's available this very day that God wants to heal some people this morning, this afternoon. And I also know that we are created and designed to function in his boldness, to boldly speak what he puts on our hearts to speak. He has a desire that we would become his disciples, that we would be reflectors of his light in this world. So I'm going to ask two things. If you're ready to be prayed for, to be have boldness imparted to you, come to this side. I'm going to ask Ben and Eddie to come back up here. So I would ask for the prayer team to join as we come. So as we start doing worship, as Jared's playing some singing, I just encourage you, if you need healing in your body, come. Come, come, come. If you need healing in your body, it's this side. If you know there's a call on your life, that you want to operate in boldness, in boldness, to see the kingdom of God, to see it shaken, to become one of the shakers. I encourage you to come through impartation, through the laying on of hands and through prayer. Great things, great things will happen. So I say come to this side.